Thanks for joining us for the Customer Experience Podcast. My name is Troy Batchelor, and we're going to be discussing client-centric best practices, tools, and ideas with today's top facility management leaders. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Please be sure to share it on any of your social media platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. If you have ideas for future podcasts or future interviews, please uh, be sure to email me, troybatchelor at frenchcompanyllc.com, and I look forward to uh, getting your feedback. Enjoy. It came apparent to me that if I was... uh going to go to college, I was going to need to figure out a way to pay for it. Uh, so I went to the University of Houston Job Placement Center, and uh, uh, that's pre-computers. So they had three by five cards posted on bulletin boards, and it said, wanted, man to change light bulbs in shell service stations. I said, boy, I bet I could do that. So in 1976, I opened my own company called uh, Brightway Maintenance, and um, we built a very successful operation in Houston, and then uh, opened a second operation in New Orleans, Louisiana. In 1983, I was approached by a public company called uh, ABM Industries. And so I was with them from uh, uh, 1983 until 2005. Oh, wow. And ended up as president of Amtec Lighting, which at the time was the nation's largest lighting services company. And I joined Lynn Rogers in uh, 2005 and uh, became president of their service division. Um, um, and the, um, uh, when I joined them, uh, they had a $60 million business, about 50 million new construction electrical and 10 million electrical service. And they had two clients. They were either orange or blue. They had uh, Home Depot and, and Lowe's. Those are great clients to have. Sure. All their eggs were in one basket. Yep. And so a fellow by the name of Kim Sisson and I uh, went out the first year. And uh, we, we had about a $10 million service business. And we saw 50 clients in 52 weeks. We called it our bucket of chicken tour. We would go in, <laughs> meet with clients and bring donuts or bring lunch in and have a kind of a lunch and learn. And, and um, some of them actually liked us and actually began giving us business. And uh, uh, when I left uh, the service business at Rogers, uh, actually dwarfed the construction business. It was uh, we had a, it was a $140 million company when I left with about a hundred million in service. Wow. 40 million in, uh, um, in, uh, uh, new construction. And so I was going to retire at that point because certainly I'm old enough. Uh, but one of my largest suppliers in the U S uh, was a company out of Houston called extra light manufacturing. And, um, uh, uh, the owner recruited me to join them about three and a half years ago. And uh, so uh, that's that's where I've I've been in lighting for 52 years. That's amazing, and it all, and it all started by changing light bulbs at a shell station. That's exactly right. Yeah. That that's that's an unbelievable story. It's uh it's amazing how some of those small decisions <clears throat> like that really impact your your entire life or your whole career. It's just kind of one of those things that you're led to or fall into, right? It's just serendipity. You're right. I mean, it's. Uh, very small, small things, you know, impact your entire life. Uh, uh, what we're really kind of calling this podcast is the customer experience and, you know, how the facility management industry 
ultimately drives and impacts whether people uh, pay attention to it or not the end customer experience you and i when we go shopping as a as a consumer you know we tend to look at it from a facility management point of view because that's the industry we're in we look at the building conditions you look at the lighting conditions you look at all different types of things but the end customer doesn't really realize how much the lighting i mean even if we just focus on lighting when they walk into a building they're not consciously thinking, wow, you know, this is a much prettier store or whatever. It's just not a conscious thing, but how much of that really drives the customer experience when they're walking in the store from outside to inside? I agree completely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. And, and, and I think signage was another part of, you know, your background too, because of the lighting <laughs> related to the signage, right? Yeah, and, um, um yeah, the uh, the outdoor signage uh, in my past life. Uh, I mean, we maintained electrical signage as well. Okay. It, it's it's image. You know, it's it's the yep. image. Uh, it, as I started my career, I, I related to Shell Oil, and back in the olden days, uh, um, Shell was was had individual eight foot modules on a, on a sign that spelled S H E L L. Well, if the S was burned out, it became hell. <laughs> and and uh, so, so. Uh, and we've all seen those signs before, right? Yeah. And, and so, uh, one of the ways I built my own business is uh, get, when, I, when, when business was slow, get in the car, drive around at night, find outages. This is back in the days of Polaroid cameras and, and pre computers, take a photograph of it, send it to the client, saying, gosh, this is the image your, your client is seeing. Why don't you let me fix this sign for you? Absolutely. Now, uh, when, when, you, when you're approached by retailers, uh, other than the typical RFP, and you know, there are certainly those companies that we've run across that they do go down to, and it is a race to the bottom, but then there's also those companies that really look for those partnerships and those uh, relationships when they're dealing with uh, vendors and you know, setting up those relationships. Tell me about kind of, uh, that type of approach. How does a retailer approach you? Uh, tell me about some of those really positive relationships related to the retailer. Thanks. Great, great question. Uh, and I, and I, I will tell you that I've used some of my life friends as clients that I have served over the years. I mean, we, we started as in a, uh, uh, customer, uh, relationship, but it's, it's developed into a lifetime friendship. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the folks there, there, there are, um, there's one person who comes to mind immediately to me, and I'm, I'm very comfortable speaking about Steve Waxman with Toys R Us. Yep. Uh, Steve Waxman, uh, um, I had the pleasure of serving with him on the uh, Prism uh, Board of Directors. Okay. Uh, and uh, and this was. 10 or 12 years ago, maybe 13 or 14 years ago, time flies. Um, I've, I've served on the prison board twice, but it was my first board term with prison. And I missed a board call, okay? And I wasn't doing business with, with toys back then, but I missed a board call. Uh, and I'm sure there was an absolutely legitimate reason for it. <laughs> Steve, Steve called me up and basically read me the riot act uh, in a very professional way. Uh, and said, look, if you're, if you're going to be a member of this, 
organization. You're going to serve the 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 membership community. Then you got to participate. And if you if you can't participate, then you ought to resign. And you know what? I've never missed another meeting. I've never <laughs> and it was it was a life lesson learned. But Steve Waxman um, clearly was one of the finest guys I ever worked with in the facility management industry. And I'll tell you why. He was, he was tough. He was tough in the regard that he negotiated on behalf of Toys R Us and Babies R Us the best possible um, deal. Uh, he held, he, he wanted to make sure that he was providing value to his stores and, 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 and providing cost-effective solutions to deliver a great customer experience. Conversely, he was enormously loyal to the vendors that met those objectives. And uh, it was truly a relationship environment to where there are folks you, you want to do a good job for mm -hmm. because they are such fine people that you're embarrassed if you, if you drop the ball. Um, um, Steve was one of those guys. I mean, uh, Steve, if he, he, any, any time that he called our entire organization, respected him, valued him, understood that he, he was behind us as well. You know, a facility manager gets a hundred calls a week from people who want their business. Sure. Um, and uh, the, the ones that, that I appreciate the most are those who, uh, I'm never offended when they say, you know, we're satisfied with our current provider that, you know, and I, my, my response is, you know what, I'll still need business next year. I'll still yep. need business the year after. So if, if they ever disappoint you in any way, I hope you'll keep us in mind. And, uh, and Steve was that sort of guy. He was enormously loyal to those who served him well, he would, he would uh, go to bat for you internally on folks that served him well. And it's heartbreaking to me to see what happened to him and all of his colleagues at Toys R Us. You uh, know, um, it's funny that you should bring that up and, and certainly no prompting from me. Uh, Steve Waxman and I uh, worked together at Toys R Us and Babies R Us. I was actually. I did not know that. I, I know. That's why I wanted to make sure I said that. Is I, yeah, I, I, had, I had no idea. Didn't prompt you in that fashion, but I would agree wholeheartedly with you. Uh, mm -hmm. Steve Waxman uh, is just a uh, stand up guy in every aspect, in every way. Uh, I was uh, spent 25 years on the retail operations side before moving over into the facility management industry and, you know, different things with my story uh, that led me there. But uh, it, my relationship with Toys and Babies uh, and Steve, I, I would uh, echo everything you just said, just the loyalty and, um, but it, it wasn't a you know, a favor, it, 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 you, you, you're right. He held you accountable and he negotiated for what's best for the company. But in that aspect, it wasn't necessarily just the company. It was that end consumer, that mom that walked into that babies or us store. And, you know, that's who he was really serving in that industry was the end consumer. 
and uh, and the Toys R Us and the kids that went into the Toys R Us. I've toured a number of stores with Steve, and uh, and I would tell you that that was always his focus: is what is that customer impression, what is that customer experience like, and how can I serve that end customer? And it just benefits Toys and Babies R Us. And and I agree with you. I hate to see what has happened and. Uh, of no fault of their own, they uh, are, are in a different position. But what a great example. Yeah. Absolutely. Conversely, um, I'm going to, there's a, a saying that the customer is always right. And perhaps that, that has some basis in truth. But there are certain customers that become more, more, demanding and and uh, more how shall I put this there are certain customers that if they take 90% of your time and give you 10% of your business and 0% of your profits then perhaps you need to spend your time and time and effort and and uh, and and uh, resources on other customers well, and I think that's a trap that the facility, especially newer guys, and, and I found myself, uh, you know, sales was not my background. And then when I moved into sales and, and what I seemed to be like a project manager, right, I found myself trying to do that. But you know what? It's okay to fire a customer. There yeah. are customers, and, and I think the it's those customers that uh, abuse <clears throat> the customers always right mentality and they take advantage of that that you know and and use that for leverage rather than you know what if everybody just does the right thing and 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 you do it right like you're supposed to uh that's the way business ought to be done and you know i also believe in karma and sometimes that <laughs> when folks treat you that way it's amazing how karma seems to come around at some point if we're patient and we continue just to be the you know, take the higher road and do the right thing all the time. We, we can only hope that karma exists for some of <laughs> That's right. We can only hope that karma exists for some I'm, I'm really like folks to remember before is that he was a good guy that always told me the truth and always delivered on whatever he promised. And I bet that's the way they remember you today. I mean, we've heard nothing but great things about you, Ron, and I appreciate the time and and I know it's uh, folks, I hope folks get a lot out of this uh, podcast and, and the information. And certainly if they want to reach out to you, uh, they can get in touch with you through Prism or through LinkedIn. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and not just for business, but for ad additional advice or just to reach out and pick your brain. You've been great with that. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, like I said, uh, I, one of the things I've enjoyed most in my career is watching folks that I have mentored earlier in my career you know, develop into senior level executives and, and leadership roles are, are successful in their own businesses. And that's, that's enormously rewarding. So always happy to help anybody that, that I can help. Fantastic. Well, uh, I'm sure you're going to get some uh, LinkedIn invitations after this uh, podcast airs. So we appreciate the time. Thanks. Have a great weekend. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us on the, today's podcast. Look for us every couple of weeks. Be sure to subscribe. Also, please share with everyone you know on all of your social media platforms. We would appreciate the promotion. And if you have ideas for guests or topics, we'd love to hear from you. Email me at troybachelor at frenchcompanyllc.com. And we'll see you on the next podcast.